Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. My name is Kevin Ray, and I'm your host. I'm here with executive producer and co-host Mark Griffith, and we want to thank you for coming into the Housing Hour today. Before we get started, I want to tell you how to plug in with us. You can go to the Treasure Trove, the mothership of information. That is thehousinghour.com. You can find us there. And we're also on social networking, uh, facebook.com slash thehousinghour, as well as Twitter. Our handle is at thehousinghour. So please join us there and tell us what you'd like to hear from us. Ask any questions, certainly. And we would love to be a part um, of what you're interested in and, and take that and uh, bring it to the airwaves. So also, um, as well, you want to know how to share this show, you just go right to thehousinghour.com and you can click the share button and you can share any of our shows um, with friends and family. We'd love for you to do that. That's how we feel we get the word out. And that's what's most important is sharing what we bring to the table because we want to bring you helpful information, interesting topics revolving around housing, um, and really help you to um, understand what's behind the curtain, what's going on in the housing industry. And things are going very well right now in the house, housing industry, as a matter of fact. And there is a lot of things happening, and a lot of people are buying homes. Um, you know, we have a lot of new construction going on. We have a lot of people, you know, doing the fixer-uppers, purchasing new homes in, in different formats. So today what we decided to do is we wanted to have an interesting show for, from someone who has a very unique building style. And we have with us on the phone um, a gentleman who um, has built several homes um, with a very unique blueprint. Um, we have David Howard with us from First Cottage Homes. David, thank you so much for joining us. First Day Cottage Homes. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Glad to be here. It's, it's First Day Cottage. Right? Okay. Firstdaycottage.com. You can find that on our website. So, David, I was looking through your materials and it's really a beautiful looking home that you build. And we really encourage our listeners to go onto their website and also ours to link to it so you can understand more about what it is that we're speaking about because it's a unique looking home and it's a very interesting home. Why don't you do this before we get started? Give us the 30,000 foot view of exactly what you do, David. Yeah, basically, after years of doing actually timber framing and building some five or 600 timber frame houses, we decided that we've done enough of that and that we basically knew more about do-it-yourself housing than anyone in the country and spent a year or two developing an idea of a house that we were sure could be built by people, built themselves, and solved most of the problems related to building your own house. Uh, we put this together almost 20 years ago, and since that time have built houses in 41 states in Japan and Canada, and we're now putting together permits for houses in France. Wow. It's a great success, and it, 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 it's something I could talk at length about because it's not just a unique, good-looking house. It's a house that addresses all the issues of people building their own house. Well, looking at the blueprints and looking at the different options, it's not just one you know, model. You have multiple looks. Tell us how it's constructed. Why don't you do that? That's a different way of building a house specifically with it in mind. We have a do-it-yourself client. 
uh, first thing we did was sort of eliminate some of the materials that made it difficult to build a house or that our clients inevitably did not agree with. There's no plywood, there's no particle board, there's no sheetrock, there's no fiberglass. Uh, I can talk at length about the reasons why we did all this, but it's a house that most people very much agree with. The process is simple. Our, we, have, we have instructions. Our clients put together what we call a vent. It's sort of a framework. They laminate together on site. They tilt these up on a slab or on a full foundation with a deck. If the interval in between the vents equals the door, the window, and the staircase, and they can sort of plan out a, a very custom house of their own by locating these things. They sheet it with a layer of boards, put a, a tie bar, then a, then a layer of foam, and then strapping and, and a vertical siding that is hung with an airspace. So the entire view of the inside of the house is a house totally made out of wood. Most of our houses have a full cathedral ceiling in most of the rooms because our most popular house now is a single-story house on a floating slab. And David, tell me um, about the the, uh, the what the person building this. What type of um, skills do they need? That's a really interesting question, and we we're, we're a little bit uh, sort of uh, about, about we stand back a bit. And some of the people who have built it have had almost none of the skills you might anticipate. Uh, and but they, they the main skill we found they need is just the determination and a belief that they can do this. And they need some abilities. They don't need really the, the less carpentry skills they have. To some degree, the better, because they, we teach them how to do what we want them to do. I would be perfect for this, then. <laughs> construction system. So the less skills uh, in carpentry, the better. I guess it's because you, you uh, described in the blueprints how to put all this together. Yeah, it's, a, it's an instruction system. And, uh, you know, a good way to describe it, Almost all Americans, all people, have some basic experience in carpentry. They can hammer nails. They can cut a piece of wood. And that's about all you really have to have is some limited experience in that. We, we actually have a fun set of rules we ask them to post, uh, which, which one of the rules is under no circumstance do you hire or even worse have professional carpenters on the job. They won't read our book. They won't do what they're told. Yeah? Very uh, nice. Well, in an in a age where... Um, cost is everybody's cost conscious how are you able to kind of reduce the cost to the ultimate homeowner um, and give them the ability obviously it's because they're doing a lot of the sweat equity but how are you also able to cut the cost down for people well that's part of our system you see that because in the, the act of building the house is one of using only one real trade and that is sort of carpentry it's not highly skilled finished carpentry it's relatively rough carpentry and by eliminating all of the other skills, the, the person is able to apply their equity to the entire construction of the house. The numbers are really good. Our kits are running about $30 a square foot, and the subs you need to finish that off, we insist you get your own electrician and a plumber, and most people have someone do the, the foundation for them, usually running about $20, $25 a square foot. So they're building the houses, you know, they're building our typical a 1200 square foot house for sixty thousand dollars that's amazing and then yeah, obviously it really is. you a, pay and, another and a very interesting thing is the banks then come out and look at them and they, they can't believe it they're saying this is a typical of the custom homes and especially houses we're seeing that are at least 150 to 200 dollars a square foot and they're throwing numbers back at our clients that have an equity position of somewhere between 50 but usually closer to a hundred thousand dollars and I mean, in this area, you could build a nice home. What Mark, hundred and ten dollars a square foot, probably. 
I think you could. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit more right now. Well, Lynn Hart, who um, is a builder in Oak Ridge, that's what he told. Of course, he was probably trying to get my business. Sure, we can do it for 110, and then it's 100. But he's a I, good guy. I hear, he's I a good hear guy. that, but you know, yeah. then people start adding up, and they start adding things to it. Right, I mean, and I, that's cool. That's a nice thing, too, about this as well, Dave, is that you can um, increase the – you know, whatever you want. You want different types of countertops. You want different types of, of cabinets. Well, you can increase the cost if you want to, but you're just given kind of the blank canvas. No, not really, quite frankly. The only thing we don't no. provide in our kit is the kitchen countertop. Mm-hmm. There's not an option in the windows. There are options in the style of the cabinets, but there's not an increase in price. When we tell you that the kits are around $30, $32 a square foot, that's what the end the, 90% of our people are buying a kit around that okay. price. I, I guess maybe I misspoke and, and didn't ask the question correctly. If you want to increase the certain areas, maybe you want to you want to spend a little bit more money on this or that, well, you do whatever you want because you're just giving the kit. Here is what you're going to get. But if you want to go in and do a little bit more custom items, that's up to you if you want to do that. Yeah, but we, we rarely see them doing that. You know, it's <laughs> an interesting feature of first day is visiting houses that are finished and these people are just beside themselves. They're so content with what they've done because it's a major event in their lives. And sure. I, I'm writing a book about all this. One of my favorite chapters is a, is a chapter entitled, We Don't Like to Landscape and We Don't Know How to Decorate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, David, where do you find most of these homes are being built? Is this in typical suburban uh, USA or are these uh, cabins in the woods? What, what's the typical consumer? The typical consumer, of course, is reflected by our success in our own, own local area, and we're a relatively rural location, though Walpole is a very sophisticated little town where actually Ken Burns lives and makes all his movies, but mm. not near a big city. We're two hours from Boston, four hours from New York. There is a college nearby. An interesting feature is within 24 miles of our office, we have 75 houses, you know. And oh, these wow. people are basically living in, they're not living in, within 100 miles or 50 miles of the, of the coast of the United States where land's just too expensive and the cities are too expensive. They're not living in suburbia. They're living in rural America that we see a, a tremendous increase in interest in young couples wanting to raise a family and live an intelligent sort of basic life without the complexities of a big city. And how does your home stack up from an energy efficiency standpoint? Do you feel like it's uh, pretty pretty solid as far as that goes? Because you guys get it gets cold up there. I know that for a fact. We have, we have houses in Alaska. We have houses in, in northern Maine. We have houses in Canada, and we're probably we like to say we're the most energy efficient house in the United States. Not because we've loaded it with all kinds of unnecessary insulation, but because of the process of building it and totally enveloping the house in a foam that an amateur puts on the house. And amateurs are going to chink every little you know, crack. They're going to tape every joint. They're going to do all the stuff that the $40 an hour guy with a macho belt is not going <laughs> to do. We have a house in Paris about 10 miles away from here. And they're heating it. With, it's a thousand square foot. It's not a very big house, but they're heating it with two twenty-five dollars ceramic electric heaters for about three hundred dollars a year. Wow, that's you know, amazing. And that's where the real number comes in. It's not a question of whether I can build a three three thousand square foot house that's quote energy efficient. Everyone's building an energy efficient house today by law, with low E windows and insulation and, and relatively tight, making a small intelligent house that. It really doesn't consume a lot of energy, you know. 
Yeah, well, one of the other things that we look at when we're, you know, helping people get financing for homes in Tennessee is that we look at what the borrower or what the client's looking for. And time and time again, what we find is, is that people are kind of disenfranchised. They don't get what they want because the market doesn't give them what they need. So they end up settling you know they settle for you know a 1500 square foot a rancher that they kind of like but they don't really like so i think that's where your niche is for a lot of people because like you mentioned you know you give them the the kit but they can modify it a little bit here and there and and really make it their own and is do you get a lot of feedback that that's one of the the best parts of this kit do you say no that's a um, they're not that sophisticated in sort of analyzing what kind of a design they want the major feature with the, of the house is something they actually discover after they build it, in a sense, when the mother-in-law and the friends and the neighbors and the doubting Thomases show up and, and, and start saying, my God, you built this yourself. It's a totally charming little house. And what, what really they've achieved early in life, they've proved to their peers and their family that they're mm-hmm. going to have a successful life. And oh, the success yeah. comes in building a house that they believe in and that their children believe in and that the bank believes in and uh, you know and they they're they're sitting on equity of of as they say usually about a hundred thousand bucks well well we we're going to come back in a moment and discuss a little bit more in more detail about the cottages and i definitely recommend going to the website firstdaycottage.com there's a nice video there there's just a very user-friendly site so why don't you join us back after these messages right here on the housing hour Promises are you banking on? And I do mean promises, especially when we're talking about your mortgage. I mean, that's the big ticket item in life, isn't it? The mortgage payments. So you better make sure you got a great rate and a perfect payment. I suggest you call Mortgage Investors Group, local and market experts. You can rest assured that Mortgage Investors Group will offer you the best options for your budget and a payment that works within your lifestyle. Call 1-800-489-8910 or go to MIGonline.com for the office nearest you. Equal housing lender, license 109111. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into The Housing Hour. Thank you for joining us. And if you are looking to have an elegant, durable home you can build yourself, maybe you're looking for a distinctive house that fits a modest budget, well, guess what? First Day Cottage has really captured lightning in a bottle, if you will. Um, They can help you. They really have a great niche, and that is a home that you can build in as few as 15 weekends. It can be an elegant home that you have always wanted, customized to fit your dream. You know, and you can increase your personal wealth by using the sweat equity to help build this home. And one of their mottos, one of the rules that they have you post is that you do not hire any contractors other than the few that they suggest to do the work that you can do yourself. 
You know, and that's really the key here, isn't it, Mark? Well, it is a key, and I think, David, um, uh, w one of the things when we talked earlier, um, you mentioned about the quality of the materials that you ship to the to the folks. Can you talk about some of the, the quality in, uh, of the woods and, and the things that you put together in this package? Yeah, that's interesting. When we originally put together First Day, we were planning on using nothing but readily available American components, regular lumber. And by laminating it, you get a certain amount of extra strength in case the lumber doesn't have a high quality. We found un unbelievably that for 10 or 15 percent more in our cost, that we could buy lumber from 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 Europe that was vastly in, so much better than the stuff that's available in the United States because our grading system does not work well for taking our basic framing lumber and making it exposed inside the house. Right now, our 2x4s come from the Czech Republic. Our 2x10s and 2x8s come from Austria and Germany. And the decking, a 2x6 decking, comes from Russia. It's really beautiful wood. You can see it when you look at the houses on the website. It, it actually makes it a little easier for the amateur. He doesn't have to work. as he, In the very beginning, we used nothing but American wood. They had to make some special effort to hide a lot of the defects in the wood. Wow. That's pretty interesting. Um, but what about the foundations? What what kind of foundations do you have? What type of foundations do we put in here? Several hundred houses. Almost all of them had a full foundation, and we advocated that because it, though they were they weren't cheap, uh, especially in today's world, you always put at least put the radiant tubing in the slab of the basement so you can hook it up someday, and so the basement can become very livable, a very usable space uh, mm. because by heating the floors, you can get the dampness out of the place and all of the potential mold, future mold problems. Now we found that the full basement's getting more and more expensive, and typically someone called the other day and switched to, to our slab system because they said the base, the cost of the basement, the excavation, the drainage, and the backfilling was equal to the cost of the kit. Oh, right. wow. Right. Right. $5,000, and they got several bids, and, and, and so most of our houses now are being built on a what's called a floating slab, which we're getting approval for this all over the country, especially uniquely in northern parts, especially in New England and in Alaska and stuff. And the house, and the, the slabs actually for the smaller houses, the, uh, the new 15-foot uh, T, which is an 800-850-square-foot house, we're really promoting people to doing the slab themselves, which has a unique set of circumstance that you, you do all the prep work, you set it all up, and then you go to town and find some guy with a pickup truck who knows how to trowel a slab because he did it once or five times with his dad. Let me, let me ask you this because that's a unique thing, the floating slab, because everybody wants a little different perspective from their back porch from time to time. So with a floating slab, you might be on one side of the property one day and then it floats. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. Is no, that, the floating, I, it actually, <laughs> the, the, technically, it, it, it's a term, instead of having a slab bounded by frost walls, you actually put the slab much the way in which Everyone builds garages all over the United States. Ninety percent of garages in the North Country are just put done by pouring a slab on top of the ground with no with perimeter grade beams and no frost walls. Mm. And in this case, of course, we're putting two inches of foam under the slab to protect it and help with the radiant heat system, and then a skirt of two inches of foam around the edges. So there'll, there'll be there'll be no problem of, of penetration of cold and potential frost heaving. Hence the best energy efficiency you, you claim, which I don't uh, doubt at all. Um, what about additions? Because, you know, some people, after they build it, maybe later down the line, they might want... Is it conducive to having future additions? 
Yeah, we really promote that, but we see very little of it. The reason being we'd much rather you build an 800-square-foot or a 1,000-square-foot house and make sure it gets done and make sure you get to live in this, move into something that's all finished. Mm-hmm. Then uh, apply your equity again a couple of years to way down the road, you know, and building a wing off the house. Our favorite house now is a three-bedroom, two-bath T-shaped plan with a future master bedroom. And typically people are, you know, building it with a couple of kids. And, and we've always said in the first three years of kids, you might as well live in a teepee. There's no such thing as privacy or independence <laughs> or anything. But things become terribly important with teenagers. And then the house becomes a potential family house someday if it ever needs to accommodate to someone coming back home for some reason. Well, that's a good point. That three bedroom certainly can um, do that. Well, let me understand this, David. I'm sorry. Uh, so do you supply the kit for the expansion also? Oh, yeah, we do. Wow. Uh, it's a, a wonderful. The, typically the most important expansion we do is to put a wing on the house where they uh, – it's a master bedroom wing, usually with a little den office that can act as a guest room or a, or a nursery or something. Uh, and that the, the major feature of it is get a, a medium-sized house built. Don't try and build something too big and stress yourself, you know, about getting it done. And then wait a while and build an addition because, again, you're applying your equity in, in much more intelligent segments. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And, and what about, you know, when people are looking to, to – build this and uh, you know david some people just would say well you know what i can't do it i cannot build it now i know what you said earlier but you say i noticed on your website be very wary of of hiring a contractor can you speak a little bit more to that because you know a lot of people just want to pay to have things done that's just bottom line but speak a little bit more to maybe why you should be cautious of of hiring a contractor yeah, the, the principal reason for the contractor is he has a, a profit structure. And in today's world, they tend to have, you know, four or five years ago, they were making so much money building houses, they're still trying to produce that that profit structure. And we're finding mm-hmm. the numbers we're getting back are ridiculous. For example, we're doing a fairly sizable house in Connecticut where they have six children, and it's a young couple and that have adopted half the kids. And, and the house is going to cost, it's a big house, it's 2,500 square feet. And they looked into local contractors building it for them, and they came back with numbers of $450,000 in the house. They're getting someone to help them building it. About 60% of the work is done by a guy who's quoted, uh, who has built first uh, first day before, so he understands the system. He's a school teacher, and he can take the summer and put it together, and the house is coming in at about $150,000. Okay? The interesting thing about that is on our, our favorite scenario. That's significant. You can't do this yourself all the time. You can do part of it. You can help out. And there are two things we think that you should do. Let's remember that First Day should be built by an amateur who reads our instruction book and listens to our plan. And what we're really providing is all the materials as well as the support systems and a way of getting them and a real business plan that the bank can believe in and everyone can believe in. Our favorite scenario is go to the the local vocational school, talk to the guidance counselor, pick up a couple of kids that are 17, 18, that are bright, mm. and hire them <laughs> yeah. to help you build your house. If you cannot do the, the thing yourself, but can only participate on the perimeter of the, of the job, another way to do it is go to the VFW and pick up some uh, one or two guys coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq, and they're used to being outside, and they're looking to sort of participate in America in a more positive way. Well, those are great, great ideas. I mean, and that, that's a brilliant um, idea because you can find people that want to work hard that may not expect to be paid, you know, 
as much as you might expect a contractor to make or, or someone who's helping, an apprentice or whatever. So those are very good suggestions. And we have a few more questions for you. David, if you don't mind hanging around with us till after the break, we're going to continue talking about this really extraordinary home. And I want you to go to our website, thehousinghour.com, and take a look. Take a look at their website and learn more about them because I think this could catch down here in Tennessee. They've got homes in 41 states, even in Japan, all over the place. And Nashville, Tennessee, there's a home been built. Nashville, Tennessee, that's right. So we're going to continue talking with David right here on The Housing Hour. Come right back with us. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour, and I don't doubt that I'm not strong enough to build this home, but I know that with the help of others like Mark and my other friends Dave in there, um, we could make this happen. Dave is our producer. Um, we have David Howard with us on the line, and he has um, been kind enough to come in and tell us more about uh, First Day Cottage. And he's been explaining some really interesting uh, things that I think that, that will hit home for a lot of Tennesseans. Um, and we are worldwide, um, of course, www.thehousinghour.com. And their homes are not just New Hampshire. They're not just Pennsylvania or anywhere. They have homes in Canada. They have homes up by Nova Scotia, I noticed, and they have a home in um, Nashville, also Alaska, um, Japan, they have one. I mean, so they're, they're international, and the reason that they are international is because people are realizing that it's a very cost-effective, energy-efficient, long-lasting um, type of home. And I wanted to ask you, um, David, what about, you know, people say, okay, well, you know, of course, a home is not going to last more than about 100 years, maybe. Or they say a home is going to last 120 years. You know, and on the appraisals, you see the life of the loan, or the loan, the life of the home. And But you're suggesting maybe a little longer than that for these homes. That's true, you know, and it's, it's kind of a fun subject because when I did the timber framing years ago, the culmination and the high point of that, that part of my career was I set up a joint venture with the oldest company in England, literally in the world, Guinness World Book of Records, and we took down 22 buildings built in the 15th and 16th century and brought them to this country and used them as the core of spectacular houses for celebrities and very significant people, as you can imagine. These are houses that are five, 600 years old. We actually had a goal putting together first day, our, our own sort of thoughts that we feel, feel are quite, quite sophisticated, of building a house that can last for hundreds of years. And it, there, there are three or four components to that. It has to be a vernacular. It has to look good. It has to join the neighborhood. It has to be a set of details and, and that, that basically are conducive to lasting over a period of time and don't stimulate dry rot and all of the problems. And, and then they have to, it has to be a house that can withstand neglect and abuse and return back and become just as elegant. And by being all wood and the entire interior of the house breathes to the inside, the outside, the siding's hung on strapping, uh, and there's an airspace, the entire outside breeze to the outside. There are no condensate lines within the structure of any kind. And then the nature of the, of the all-wood finishes inside, and the, the sort of nature of the houses not being 
some sort of oddball house for joining the neighborhood and being a, a locally appreciated architecture. All of those contribute to really a long period of life for a house. And, and David, um, let me let me ask you this question. We had um, on a couple years ago, maybe three years ago, Rosemary Thornton. She's an expert on Sears catalog homes. And she was describing the process of these kit homes that they ordered back in the turn of the century uh, for Sears and the labeling of the, the pieces of wood and how they constructed this, uh, this home. Yours is a little bit different, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm correct. Explain to us how, when people get the package from you, and, and it has all this the material in it, how do they know which piece goes where? How do you get them to you know, figure that out? Well, they don't. In a sense, we figured it out for them, of course. We have a, an, an initial 100-page instruction book, which uh, I'm extremely proud of. We did build a house once uh, on Martha's Vineyard for the editor of Builder magazine, who had just retired, and he built a first day and said that our instruction book was the best book he'd ever written in his whole, read in his entire life. Wow. It really is sympathetic. I did it myself. It's all handwritten with little cartoon figures. And it explains to people what to do, and they do it. And, and, and one of my favorite things is there's a, they tend to rush uh, in, in the beginning. And one of my rules in my rule list is, and, and, you know, don't think how fast you can build your house. Think how well you can build your house. They inevitably make a mistake assembling some of the laminated beams. And I've always said the guy's wife later on in the day tells him that it's on page six how to take the beam apart and make it right. <laughs> That's the beginning of a, of a process of training, training that we learn. We learn to be, have a sympathetic thing that wasn't written by lawyers, but, but written by people who said, we've got to figure out how to write something that these people really are going to get it done and get it done right and get and get on. And can, one of the great features of first days, you, you keep working. Things happen quickly. One of our favorite thoughts that we put together in the very beginning, and that's part of the system of events and the tilting them up, is we figured that someone that the house has to take the shape and feeling of a house on the fourth weekend, and our reason was, and half a joke, but quite serious, that's when the mother-in-law shows up. Uh-huh. Of a house, she'll endorse the project, and she's a mirror of the building inspector and the doubting friends and the, and the suspicious neighbors and all that kind of stuff. And this couple that's building the house desperately needs support from the outside. You've been featured in um, several... Uh, different magazines and newspapers, and one of them that you just spoke of was the house that you built on Martha's Vineyard, I think, and I was noticing that you were an Architectural Digest magazine as a, as a result of this project. Um, tell me how that all came about. How were you um, contacted by them? Because clearly people understand the quality and the charm and definitely the benefit of, of someone like yourself. That particular house in Martha's Vineyard was prior to, well, it's when the beginning of, of uh, State Cottage. We now actually have, I think, 14 houses on Martha's Vineyard in first days. This was a house prior to that where I took an, an American barn from Vermont, brought it to Chilmark, built a really special house, then built some additions and things to it, eventually sold the house uh, right next to James Taylor's house for $5 million to the president of DreamWorks. Wow. Wow. You're kidding done me. done that stuff. <laughs> which I, I know what that world's all about. <laughs> Largest house I ever did imagine, I won't tell you where it is, but it's a very significant town in Florida. I was presented, presented with 400 acres. Cinderella's Castle. No, and and built a house for $22 million. I, I, I've done all that stuff. Wow. First day is so much more 
a sort of a, 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 the success of a career. Well, I think that's interesting. Career, doing something that really counts and, and changes the way of life for a whole lot of people. Well, what you just said was so important for people to realize that you know what it means to build a big quality home, and you've taken that that expertise and that history and applied it to your company first, you know, the company that you're promoting for us today. And that's what you've been able to accomplish by your experience that you have. So you're not just a fly by night guy. First day cottage has a lot of benefit because of your past experience. Yeah. You know, my wife and I, when we first got married, built ourselves, agreed we had a lot of family land, but we built ourselves a house. that was 11 feet wide and 24 feet long, two stories. It was 460 square feet. we thought we'd live in it for a couple of years and lived in it for seven years. Right. Wow. What and did you do with that was, one? Did James Taylor buy that one? <laughs> no, but Frank Lloyd Wright's chief draftsman came to visit, and he walked out in tears saying, Frank told us we should do this. This is the kind of thing we should do, and we never did it. <laughs> wow. Well, so, yeah, well, I was going to ask you, um, you know, some of your passion is real clear that you're not just building homes, but you're building character in the person that's building the home. And they're, they're getting a sense of worth and value and, um, you know, something that they've accomplished over the end. Uh, would it, do you have builders that want to buy these and build on spec? Uh, how would you handle that? Mm-hmm. We've done some very interesting spec houses, and it's a wonderful program because inevitably we're running into couples where she, it could be the other way, but it's mostly she is a nurse or a teacher, and she's earning enough money to support them and has the benefits and has a really good job and partially skilled in some sort of carpentry. And they can go off, quote, and build their own house uh, supported by the bank and then turn around and sell it. And inevitably when they do, they pick up somewhere between seventy dollars and $80,000, and he's doing this thing in six or eight months. Mm-hmm. So that and that, and I've only had a couple of people do it. I say you build three first days, and the third one's free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Well, Kevin might take you up on that. Yeah, yeah we're, we're doing a very interesting project where they wanted to, to build a whole bunch of houses in a, in, a, in a little village complex. And our proposal is that these people would build a house and have the option of building a duplex. In a sense, they could build a second house that's me attached to their house and this house would be designed in such a way it's an independent rental within the village actually appears to be in that it doesn't it hardly even connects to the existing house and these people are then providing a, a sort of affordable housing and, 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 and acting as landlords within a, the structure of a village now it's you're a not a great way to have people extend their equity and, and maybe they don't do it immediately maybe two or two years later but they build a little little house and rent it out to people you're not new to this. How many years have you been building homes? I'm 74 years old. The first house I built was when I was 16 years old. I built a sugar house making maple syrup. And, and my last question for you today is something that I've been thinking about since we started. But, I mean, you don't send the, these homes through UPS, do you? How do you get them down to, to the people where they're going to go? It's a, it typically comes on a 53-foot trailer. You know? It's about... It's you know, it's, it's everything you need to build the house, all the, the, the cabinets, the foam, the doors, the windows, the structure, the, and all that. And it, it inevitably fits on a, on a 53-foot trailer. If it doesn't, and this, it's... That's amazing. foam locally. Well, we want to tell you how much we appreciate you coming in, David. Thank you for sharing uh, this uh, time with us and explaining to us more about First Day Cottage. Thank you so much. 
time. Thank you. All right. We have David with us, and he has shared some great experience, strength, and hope with us. And we hope that you return right after these messages. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray. Welcome back into the Housing Hour. Again, my name is Kevin Ray. Thank you for joining us today. And I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. Dave Claybo is uh, flipping the switches in there for us. And uh, just thank you so much. Um, we certainly appreciate you guys spending the time with us and learning about things as we learn about them. And um, David Howard is no exception to that. We have some very interesting people on the show throughout our years. And David is one of those people. He just has um, true American grit and he has character and he does things the old fashioned way. He rolls up his sleeves and he gets to work. I can tell that about him. He's 74 years old, but he really believes in the American spirit. And I think that's what I took away from this is that this is a good old fashioned American company built on American ideas and principles. Yes, and values because right. uh, he, yeah, that's that's the exactly the, the thing. When I first talked to him, when I first found this, um, and I think it was through Twitter that I saw this uh, pop up on on my Twitter feed. Mm -hmm. um, I, I thought I didn't know kid homes were being sold anymore right. because I we thought, did the Sears home thing. Yeah, I thought that it all ended, and so when I found out, and he had this unique perspective, the the single thing that he sold to me was the passion that he had for the people building it mm. not just the house he had the passion right. for certainly for that but it was for the people doing it and what their accomplishment would be what they gained as far as a net worth and what they learned mm -hmm. in the process yeah and you think about the twenty-five thousand or whatever it is per <clears throat> home or per kit and I guess that's about what did he say, twenty five or thirty dollars a square foot? Yeah, right. It says on his website about thirty three dollars a square foot. Okay, so then you have then you have the contractors that you bring in. So you know you're going to do some work. You're going to feel so good about it once you're once it's well, completed. And some people maybe have plumbing skills they could put in the plumbing, mm -hmm. and some have electrical skills. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe the foundation. Foundations can always be expensive. If mm -hmm. you're starting to dig out a, a basement foundation, mm -hmm. I know when you start to dig, that's expensive stuff. Right. It's always cheaper to go up than go down. Well, and he gave a target price for the plumbing, electrical, and foundation of about $25 per square foot. Yeah, well, I think that's probably right. accurate. Right, so you, know, you might have in this home, depending on what your land cost is, you know, not that much when you compare it. And, you know, if you look on the website, you look, go to thehousinghour.com, you can find it there. We'll have it as our, our featured story. And you can look at some of these homes and you can look at some of these color photos of what people have created. And, you know, there is some, some real unique customization that people do throw into it, you know, whether that be staining the wood or having, you know, the countertops that they want, you know, it's amazing. It is amazing. And when you think of modular home construction, Kevin, uh, just the modular unit 
purchase, typically the average cost per square foot completion in the factories in the, is in the $75 a square mm-hmm. foot range. So, right, and that's a modular, which is a good home, yeah. but it, this is a, a stick-built Stick-built, but that is too, but still, it's uh, this is stick-built on-site. That's right. By and you. By you, and you have the vested interest, like you mentioned, not the $40 an hour guy with the fancy belt. You are going to be able to put <laughs> who's the going tape. to want to do it his way. Yeah, exactly. And he's not, not David's going to, way. He's not going to spend the extra time to fill gaps and yeah. you know I tape love that this. Part. Yeah, you know. And that I think detail. you know even when we did the um, when we did the home, remember for Alicia, um, and we went out there and helped her build her home. Remember yeah, through Habitat. Through Habitat, yeah. yes. And I found my found myself spending a little extra time here and there, you know, to make sure that I did it right, putting maybe an extra, you know, nail That's or two That's because we in took it. your picture with that section yeah. of the wall. <laughs> it <laughs> but, <fell> down. <laughs> but you know what I mean? People right, just no. take ownership in Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, I was out there because I wanted to see her have this home. And that's the same thing that he is selling is that, look, folks, we don't want you to hire a contractor. We don't want you to spend $40 an hour for a guy with a fancy belt. We want you to do this yourself. And I guarantee you that the instructions are user-friendly. And I wonder how long people would stay in it and not be willing to sell it so quickly if they build it themselves. That's true. Absolutely. have a real sweat, equity, and ownership in it. And you can learn more about this on thehousinghour.com. Please go there so that you can learn more about all the things that David spoke about. But more importantly, we want to thank you guys for coming in and spending this hour with us. Share this with your friends and family, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on The Housing Hour. That's The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know, so come here to find out. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. It feels like we're in the dead of winter.